Back to our podcast, Two Slips in a Gully, where we talk everything cricket and everything happening in the cricket world right now. I'm joined by my friend Manav, and Nayan once again is joining us. And today, we'll be talking about the Cricket World Cup thus far. Um, it's been a pretty eventful World Cup so far. Uh, a lot of records being broken and a lot of close matches, but also some pretty big upsets. Um, first of all, I'm curious to hear... What did you guys find to be the most exciting match so far in this group stage? I think it has to be the um, the Australia New Zealand game because to be chasing that big of a target and still end up so close, I think was a remarkable effort. Sure, New Zealand's bowling has been like a cause of concern, especially after the game against us, where I think today they're playing. Um, South Africa, they gave up 357. Against Australia, they gave up 390-odd. So New Zealand's bowling, I think, is a cause of concern. But with the way that game turned out in the last over, um, definitely was an exciting game to watch. Yeah, I think that was a, that was a pretty exciting game um, in terms of the run chase. Um, and yeah, New Zealand, were, they, they almost beat Australia there. But um, I think for me, it'd probably have to be the South Africa Netherlands game, um, even though it was like I guess in hindsight pretty one-sided um, in, in terms of like the Netherlands, um, like their their bowling. Uh, I just think that the you know the kind of the class that Netherlands showed in the field and and defending the the total, um, just I, I think it sent the message to the rest of the teams that they were a team that shouldn't be taken lightly, um, and also a little bit of a message from associate nations that hey these you know these teams can also perform and if given a chance they can pretty quickly or pretty soon mash up to the level of the full-time um, members and actually i think that that sort of adds on to like how south africa uh historically in world cups have had a pretty bad time chasing like we've seen them like and, and especially in this world cup they've opted to or i mean when when given the chance they've, they've opted to bat almost on every occasion and i i think it's reflective of there is such a disparity in their performance when batting first and batting second and i think that's going to be a big thing to exploit um in terms of the upcoming india south africa match because that's going to be like probably one of the biggest clashes I think and so I think Toss is going to actually have a pretty big impact on the game itself because whoever wins the Toss is going to have the advantage in terms of India is the the converse they do better chasing and they've they've chased pretty much all games but one so far and so that's definitely going to be uh, interesting to see in regards to how they make use of that that coin toss. Now, if you're if you're playing against South Africa, you have to bat first. 
because with the way they chase and they take so much pressure on themselves with it when when they chase we saw against Pakistan they had the chase like under control for whatever reason the the cameraman kept pointing to the body language of the family members and of the players they look so stressed out and then they allowed Pakistan to come back into the game i don't know what happens to them when they chase so if you're if you're playing against South Africa you you have to bat first and just hope that your bowlers bowl well enough to defend the total i think it's um well a lot of it is i think just the fact that they haven't um when they've won the toss and everything they've they've been batting first so i think they just they see that as their strength and they haven't had a lot of opportunities in this world cup to really like consider chasing and, and go through with it um and then obviously as we've seen like you said um mono that you know and chikar when they've chased they've basically botched it and they you know i think uh maharaj in the match against pakistan kind of just got um south africa out of jail sort of thing but in this match is actually interesting um the match right now against new zealand because new zealand chose to bowl first and i'm thinking in that decision and like regardless of conditions why would you I, it sort of baffles me like why would you why would you give south africa like allow them to like flex their strength um especially at this more crucial backstage of the tournament why not bat first put pressure on south africa even if you get like 270 it's you know south, south africa have to like kind of find their template in chasing um so i don't understand why they they didn't do that but yeah i mean initially i was going to chalk it up to inexperienced captaincy but i feel like that that wouldn't even be the case I've, i mean latham has been captain for enough games and also i think maybe he just backed his team's ability to chase but again as you said they're they're playing right into south africa's strengths in terms of giving them the the opportunity to to bat first and if you look at it i mean with the way this chase is going at the at the time of this episode right now they're 88 for 4 so clearly new zealand have taken some amount of pressure in this chase as in maybe they 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 haven't been able to absorb it as well as they'd like so it it does baffle me as well because i feel like they knew they probably would benefit batting first and that that's kind of and i mean new zealand's been one, one of the more flexible teams in in regards to like batting first and second wouldn't really affect their result it's more about how how the actual team performs that day but in this particular instance it really i don't know i mean it could just be a brain fade but it, i'm i'm also going to assume that like laven will probably given some some insight uh in the in the post match interview hopefully i mean historically this has been the case with new zealand if you look at 2019 they were unbeaten and then they played Pakistan and then things started to go downhill for them in terms of the group stage they lost to Pakistan they got obliterated by both England and Australia in the group stages so those three losses almost made them like exit out in the group stage itself because when it came down to that fourth spot in 2019 it was Pakistan and it was New Zealand and it depended on run rate so both teams needed well not both teams Pakistan really they needed uh one uh England and Australia to to win against New Zealand which happened but the problem for Pakistan then was that because of how poorly they performed in the first half of the tournament that killed their run rate completely as far as South Africa is concerned i feel like again as Nayan pointed out 
choosing to bowl first against South Africa's absolute stupidity. I think Josh Butler did the same thing in the England South Africa game. He chose to bowl first, and they put on 400 as as the score. But another thing that I feel like you guys are contemplating a little bit is the fact that South African bowlers they ride the confidence that the batters give whenever they bat first. Like if they bat first and get a massive total. The bowlers just begin to take over, and we saw that against England, where they bundled out England for like 170 in in Mumbai, which is essentially it's, it's been a flat track this whole tournament. So, I feel like if you're playing against South Africa, you have to bat first. You actually have to bat first because Netherlands batted first. They had that little partnership between uh, Scott Edwards and and Arian Dutt, and that really like. Took them to a respectable total, but I also feel like it damaged South Africa's moral a little bit because when they came out to bat, they were extremely nervous. They lost early wickets, and then they ended up losing that game. Yeah, I mean, and pretty much like like you said, it's 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 taking the advantage away from them because, uh, as you said, they they sort of used that batting. As momentum into their into their bowling innings in terms of like morale, and so it really is uh, a baffling uh, choice to make. But I'm I'm sure there's some explanation. But again, it doesn't make sense practically in regards to, especially because the actual like qualification scenarios for for the top four teams, particularly these two teams uh, playing today, are getting. Somewhat close, obviously. South Africa has to win today, and I think like one more match. But even then, I feel like New Zealand would have probably benefited a lot, considering they had that chance. So now it's going to be interesting to see if New Zealand's like qualification chances or like you know their qualification margin decreases as a result. Like if they if they end up losing this match. And whatnot, and I mean that's just been sort of a, a recurring pattern, I think, where it's like you have different teams that are um, obviously still trying their best to make the semis, but we've already have these sort of four locked in, I think. But also, you know, you have Afghanistan and Pakistan who are clinging on. For like the smallest amount of hope, but they really also have to make their own like fortunes. They 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 have to do everything that's in their power. And so when New Zealand had that in their control, they should have taken that advantage. But um, also just to kind of move away from that, but onto the like South Africa uh, and their batting, I think. Quinton de Kock might as well beat uh, Rohit Sharma's uh, record of five centuries, as well as um, Sachin's record possibly of most runs, because I think he needs what like 120 something more, and so I think that's pretty absurd. Like in the context of those those records seemed so like unreachable till now. But could it also just be the fact that you have more teams? I was gonna say, um, well, 
New Zealand just lost another wicket, so um, that's Daryl Mitchell gone. So I think the smash might be uh, South Africa might happen in the bag, like pretty much now. But um, I was gonna say I think South Africa is really the one team. It's interesting with them because they have one uh, like glaring weakness, and that is the run chase. And in the two matches that they've struggled like majorly. Um, it's been the run chase. And one of those matches they lost, which is Netherlands, one of those matches they almost could have, should have, would have lost, which was against Pakistan. But other than that, they've been like the juggernaut in this World Cup. And honestly, the team to beat. Like I know India is is undefeated and they're like the team to beat. But I would say South Africa is the team. Um, they just, I mean, they're just, they're just another one of those teams. Like their confidence is sky high. Um, the fact that they've, they've been able to move on from the defeats and keep performing is a testament to their, uh, those confidence levels. Whereas, I mean, if you see it, even like England, they're like, they just keep losing. Like it, it keeps getting worse for them. Um, so I think, I think the big indicator, uh, of how, um, South Africa can go towards the playoffs will be when they face against India. Um, I think that'll be a test for both the teams. Um, cause at this point, South Africa has, is beating pretty convincingly all the um, other teams that are kind of in contention. Uh, so New Zealand right now, and then um, they beat Australia really convincingly. And um, yeah, so I think I think that India-South Africa match will, will say a lot about um, both of those sides. And this match, this match was really crucial in my opinion for uh, the teams on the fringe of qualification for the playoffs. So, um, and personally, I was sort of rooting for New Zealand just because it, it makes things interesting for the table. So if New Zealand um, won here, they would basically keep the Afghanistan and Pakistan's chances alive. Um, and if Australia kept losing, then either Afghanistan or Pakistan, depending on their net run rate and their points, um, could qualify. Now, I mean, New Zealand have to like, they have to, they have to pull off almost a miracle at this point to be able to chase this. But even if they do, um, they keep those teams in contention. If they don't, then teams like Afghanistan and Pakistan have to, they not only have to win their own matches, but they have to uh, ensure basically that either, or hope that um, either one of New Zealand or uh, Australia don't make it to the um, playoffs. Um, but the reason I say it's is that um, New Zealand has a better chance of making it is just because they're on more points. So um, at this point, it's Australia is sort of riding the tide of, um, of like high confidence at this point, and New Zealand's sort of going the opposite way. They've now it looks like they're going to lose three on the bounce, um, whereas Australia is kind of at least a couple games back to back they've won. So yeah, very interesting. I'm also rooting for, I mean, it doesn't look like New Zealand's going to win this game, but I was also rooting for them to win it, but for different reasons. If South Africa wins, that means Pakistan is still in the tournament. And if you go back to what happened last year, if they qualify again because of some bullshit, I'm going to get so mad because I remember watching the Netherlands-South uh, Africa game with Shrikar, and every time Netherlands took a wicket, this guy was like screaming his lungs off on the, on the FaceTime call. But... That game wouldn't have mattered had the rain not disrupted the Zimbabwe-South Africa game because South Africa was going to get two points. So they get the two points. They finish second. We finish first. The, the Netherlands-South Africa game 
matters in terms of pride, but it doesn't matter in terms of qualification. The Bangladesh Pakistan, I, I guess quarterfinal, wouldn't matter. Pakistan doesn't go to the semifinals. They don't go to the finals, and then we get saved from a hell of a lot of noise pollution because of the way our semifinal went down. But if we come back to this World Cup, I feel like New Zealand now, historically, if we go back to like other ICC events and stuff, they really have a hard time playing against Pakistan and winning against Pakistan. I feel like 2019 World Cup, Pakistan won. 2021 World Cup, Pakistan won in the group stages. Last year, they beat them in the semifinals. So, I think Ian, Ian Smith on commentary was saying that New Zealand has to beat Sri Lanka or, or Pakistan to keep their hopes alive. And with the case for Australia, I feel like they are going to finish either. I mean, I think they are they are going to finish above New Zealand, assuming both teams make it, because Australia has to play England. And with the way England is playing right now, I feel like that game is going to be a massacre. So, a question I have for you both is: assuming the top four stays the same, like not in terms of position, but the teams stay the same, like India, South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, they all make it. All the three of us being Indian fans, who would you guys rather play in the semi-finals? I want to hear your thoughts on that. All right. So I mean, first of all, my yelling was justified. Uh, it was it was a great match. But coming to the point, um, I mean, historically, India has had some very very um, unfavorable encounters with New Zealand in the in, in the semis. But that's also the thing is. We came into this tournament and we saw a New Zealand like steamroll England that first match, and we were like, "Oh shit!" Now we have to like worry about them again. Hold on, and hold on, like, hold on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut you off real quick. I'm sorry. Good. After that New Zealand game, I remember texting you. I said, "Dude, England's tournament is over," and you did not believe me. And now look what happened. That is true. That is, and that's what surprised me is because I thought England would would bounce back after such a. Horrendous start, but they just continued that like sluggish form throughout the entire tournament. No one would have expected the world champions to to fall so low, and we'll probably like elaborate on that in like a second. But coming back to the New Zealand um, argument, what I was saying was initially like them steamrolling England. I thought like, wow, okay, so they're probably gonna win at this point. But then also. Like now they're, they're they're showing a lot more weakness when compared to say like South Africa or even Australia at times, and I I feel like I don't know what it is. Maybe it's if if you guys sorry if if you guys have have picked up on what that weakness is in New Zealand a lot better than I have, but I feel like maybe it wouldn't be bad to face them this time around, just because. And like I'm not gonna go off of like superstitious reasons to be like, oh, we playing New Zealand in a semifinal is guaranteed for India to lose. But I feel like just looking at current form and how their matches have been going, like South Africa has been in pretty much peak form apart from their run chases. I mean, like they have knocked it out of the park in all departments, and Australia is making this steady comeback. Into the like top four. I mean, and they already they're they're there. So I feel like New Zealand might be the best chance we have at winning a semi match. I think for me, 
I I think I think it's South Africa. Like I know I I think because in uh, India I've already played New Zealand. We've sort of we've it was a little bit of a tricky run chase towards the end, but Kohli got it. Um, Kohli got us there, um, or pretty much there um, to the finishing line. I think because we're India's untested against South Africa, um, and both India and South Africa in this World Cup have like a pretty obvious weakness, um, which is like the opposite. So South Africa's weakness is chasing, India's weakness is like setting a total. I think it's going to be one uh, interesting, um, yeah, it's just, just going to be interesting to see like how they, um, how that matchup goes. And I think in a playoff situation, um, in the semifinal, India versus South Africa, if South Africa is batting first, you know, can India chase that total? Can they restrict them? If India's bowling first, um, or I'm sorry, if India's batting first, can they set their own total and defend it? Um, so I think I think the the weaknesses of both those teams um, could come into play, and it's I think in that situation it's 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 a little bit tricky. Um, I'm pretty confident against New Zealand and in even Australia. I I think that India could could beat them pretty well. I don't know about you guys, but I'm still scared, bro. Like about this tournament. I know India's been the only unbeaten team and all that, but we still have we have Sri Lanka left. We play them tomorrow. Then we have South Africa, and then we have the Netherlands, who are known for upsets. They've upset a couple teams so far. But now this is unfortunate for us. Hardik Pandya, I think, is ruled out of the group stages, so we're not going to have him for the remainder of the group stages. I don't think. I mean, hopefully some miracle happens and, and he comes back, but it's going to be a huge loss because he gives us both the batting and the bowling. And we've seen, like, Shardul, he hasn't had, like, that impact in ODI cricket. Like, they played they played him ahead of Shami because of his batting, right? With the ball, he was okay. But with the bat, he didn't do anything. And then you saw the impact that Shami made when he came in. He took a fiver against New Zealand. That spell against England was one of the greatest things I think I've ever seen in this tournament so far. Like, just the way he set up Stokes. Stokes got impatient, gave himself room, and then he got bowled through the, through the gate. I think that if we go based off of performances, India does have the advantage against South Africa. But the thing about South Africa is that with the way their batting set up, apart from Temba Bavuma, their batting lineup is just amazing. Because you have... Quinton DeCock, like an opener, you have Vander Dustin, who's been absolutely on fire in ODI cricket recently, can come and he can build in innings. You have finishers and Miller and Klaas, and you have Markham, who also steady in innings. I mean, apart from Bavuma, this batting lineup is nearly perfect. And then they don't even need Bavuma, in my opinion, because Markham has done solid as a captain for Sunrisers. Uh, I think it was Eastern Cape and both Sunrisers, Hyderabad, he's been a solid captain. Sure, in the IPL, they didn't really do it as well as they'd hoped, but he still, I still felt like he had a cool head and he was really calm and all that. But if they if they drop Bavuma and they play, uh, what's his name? Uh, Riza Hendricks, right? That makes their batting lineup so much better because I think Riza played a game and he scored like 85 or something like that, if I'm not wrong. So if they had the chance to drop Bavuma, and play Riza Hendricks, that would make their lineup 
so much more scary and I feel like that's scarier for the rest of the teams because the way they've been batting in this tournament if they get rid of Bavuma who's like the one liability especially at the top of the order and then they add Reza Hendricks who's like another like firepower batter I think that would be extremely scary so here's the thing about that right well first I'm, I'm gonna uh, go back to what you said about Shami like versus Takwar Obviously, like, that's not a comparison that exists in terms of Shami's better. But the reason I think they played Takor initially was because of the fact that he was able to break partnerships. Like, if you if you looked at the previous, like, ODI matches leading up to the World Cup, he would always take, like, a big, big wicket despite being, like, maybe not as economical as the team needed. But he would, he, he would like, break partnerships. And I think that's what they were looking for, plus the batting advantage. But then... He didn't prove himself at all, to be fair, or to be uh, honest, in, in in this World Cup, I think, because he hasn't given many noteworthy performances since. And so Shami came in, but he and changed all that, right? I, I think his his bowling, as you said, to uh, Stokes was brilliant, and just in general to to England. And in the in the two matches so far, he's been like insanely good at taking wickets in as few balls as he needs to but also coming back to the argument about South Africa and uh, what team they might play against us I'm curious as to whether like they see India as a genuine threat to the point where Bavuma might want to drop himself again and that that does bring up the question of if he does obviously Riza Hendricks slides into the 11 thus making them stronger so that's actually a very good point that that you bring up there because i don't know if bavuma would drop himself i i feel like maybe they're they're sort of riding that like high right now of you know the the wins and whatnot i don't know if bavuma would drop himself but even then like I feel like South Africa can still be um, taken down because their their top order actually does falter. It's it's very rare, but when they do, uh, I mean, obviously they still have the middle order to to make up for it. I mean, Heinrich Klassen and Miller, uh, you know, can smack people around the park, and then even then they have Jensen to to you know continue that that firepower, but. I feel like if India can somehow get South Africa's top order, that makes it much, much easier for, for India to win that game because at that point, they can go ahead and... It's like once one wicket falls, the rest fall sort of thing for South Africa. That's a, a pattern that I've noticed. And I feel like... I don't think Bavuma would drop himself for the game against India, but it is still a distinct possibility. Uh, two things. One, is Bavuma the captain of the South Africa team? Yeah, yeah. so he's, he's yeah, captain, he is, he and, then, and then when he drops himself, uh, he makes Markram captain. Markram, okay, because I was going to say, if he's a captain, then that's always the awkward situation of Bavuma, like dropping himself because, you know, he can't bat as well. If he's not yeah. the captain, if Markram is the captain, which maybe he should be in his own right, then it's not his decision. Then Bavuma could just be dropped for um, Risa Hendricks. 
Yeah, um, but I don't think I don't think Bavuma was dropped initially. I feel like he didn't. They, didn't they say that he got like sick or something? I don't think he dropped himself. Yeah, I think I he think was. So. Yeah, I think he was sick. Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, Bavuma's an okay batter, but he's more of like a test batter in my opinion. Like I remember they had him in the T twenties against like India a couple years ago, and like he just would strike. He would score like two off like fifteen or something like that. And I was like, I don't know. Um, oh, and so the other thing, real quick, was um, I had a question for both of you. So, considering um, Pandya's uh, injury and his absence from the team, and the immense, uh, the immense importance that he plays in the eleven, and because of that, the immense hole that he leaves in his absence. Um, what is your sort of India lineup looking for, like looking ahead towards the South Africa game and then the playoffs, um, if Pandya um, doesn't um, can't come back? What is your sort of like uh, eleven looking like um, in that sense, like the middle order, especially and the kind of the bowlers? Well, I feel like Shami is going to stay no matter what, so he kind of fills the void that Adepanya left behind in terms of bowling, because we've seen Shami in World Cups; he's been absolutely amazing. Two thousand fifteen, I think him and Umesh Yadav were like the, I think both of them were in the top five wicket takers in two thousand fifteen. In 2019, he was the wicket-taking bowler. I wish, I just wish that they Virat would have picked him in the semi-final instead of like Chahal or someone, because he really could have like New Zealand got up to 240, and we that was just a poor last 10 overs. If Shami was there, I feel like we would have restricted them to 190. Then that Dhoni Jadeja partnership becomes a match-winning partnership, and then we go to the final, and who knows what could have happened from there. But as far as batting is concerned. Sky playing is not a problem because I feel like even though he didn't get this fifty, he proved himself against England in a, in a pressure situation. But the thing about Sky, and I think we saw this in the T20 World Cup as well, he always gets out at the wrong time when the team is under pressure. Like against South Africa in the T20 World Cup, he made like six, he was the only batsman to cross fifty, I think, and he's made like sixty-eight from like forty or something like that. He got out in the 18th over, and if he had stayed, India could have made like 150, 160, and they could have won that game. I think for India, the real problem is batting. Obviously, in the middle order, I think it's Shreyas Iyer now, because teams are picking up on his weaknesses of not being able to play the short ball, and I feel like Ishan Kishan should be given a chance in the middle order because he proved himself against Pakistan in the Asia Cup. A team being 64, he along with Pandya made that partnership. Which gave us a fighting total, but I do feel like the real cause of concern in India's batting is not the absence of Pandya; it's the addition of Shreyas Iyer. No, yeah, I think Shreyas Iyer is starting to become our weakest link um, in terms of his his shot selection, especially against the short ball, and also that that one. Um, Game against Australia where he he threw his wicket away. I think like he he really needs to um, be or, j- or just be be better at picking his shots. Like there was a a quote from Chris Srikant uh, who who said that Shreyas Iyer is a great batsman against ordinary bowling, but an ordinary batsman against great bowling. And I think that that sums up the kind of player he is. He's he's good at picking up the like, you know, slop balls and the full balls, but 
when you give him a genuinely like challenging bowler, I feel like he starts to falter a lot. And especially at, at someone who comes at what four, like you can't have that amount of you know like anxiety or nervousness. And I wouldn't mind giving Ishan Kishan a chance just because of the fact that we're almost comfortably in that semifinal, and. I feel like we like it's not about being complacent it's more about the fact that we have some uh you know past like knowledge on the fact that Ishan Kishan knows how to strike the ball uh pretty well and he can play under pressure we saw in the um Asia Cup against Pakistan and I feel like it wouldn't uh her India's chances to, to play Ishan Kishan, but Shreya Sire has to go, in my opinion. I think it's interesting um, with the Indian 11 because, um, I don't know, I feel like in certain times they can get pretty um, like bogged down and like tinkering with the 11 and trying to find like the best combination, best balance. And I feel like their batting has been okay so far. So it's always it, it's always that question of like how much do you want to change something that isn't super of a concern, um, especially leading into like the more crucial stage of like you know the tournament where you know you have a really good chance of of going all the way. Um, nevertheless, especially with Hardik being out, like it it does leave like more of a hole and there's more of a pressure on like everyone to like pull their weight besides like you know Kohli and Rohit and, and everything um and I think Sky has done enough to put himself in the conversation of of getting to the 11 um Ayer like I do like Ayer I think that he I don't know what happened with him in the short ball like honestly like he used to be really good like a really solid like you could get 70 runs out of him like pretty consistently and then he, this weakness like came out and it's just like he's kind of his values like gone down um i for the sake of just keeping continuity and like confidence up in the batting order and 11 i would i would keep him but if he continues to not perform i think it's it's harder to do that and i would probably go with surya first in that instance um Kishan I would have last in, even though I know he has a lot of the potential and and for like explosive batting and he can get like, you know, 100 off like 70 if he wants or 100 off 50 or whatever. I think it's just because like kind of getting him fresh into like the more like, you know, intense, like, you know, clutch part of a tournament. Like I think, I think that might be a little bit too, too much pressure on someone who's still kind of young. So um, I would watch Ayer for now. Uh, the South Africa game and I guess the Sri Lanka game would would indicate like where where he's at, and if he's not performing then or, or there, I would I would go with with Surya. At, um, well, I probably have Surya at like uh, five or something like that, and then I would like you know Jadeja at six and, and whatnot. Um, or oh yeah, sorry, no Kale Rah- I would have Kale Rahul at, at I would move everyone up up basically so. Kohli at three, Rahul at four, Suri at five, JJ at six, or something like that. But yeah. No, it's extremely like 
concerning the problem that Shreya Sire is having because if you look at last year, he was like one of our most consistent ODI batters. And it's a shame, it's like a shock to see that he's performing in the way that he has. And speaking of shocks, Afghanistan have had such an incredible tournament. I mean, what a story it's been for them. Beating the defending champions, England, uh, beating Pakistan, and they recently uh, beat, I think, they beat Bangladesh or Sri Lanka, one of those two teams that I can't remember. No, they beat Sri Lanka, sorry. And um, the thing about Afghanistan that I feel like a lot of people don't seem to think about is that they're generally probably like the only country in the World Cup that doesn't have home games. They play every game away. And it's unfortunate with the situation that's going on in their country. But I feel like if we take that into like account, it's something amazing to see. Yeah, I mean, and their their fight and their spirit to uh, get to where they are right now, they're currently placed at sixth, but they were fifth, like I think yesterday. But um, the fact that they are still technically in contention for that top four and their fight has been quite amazing. My only uh, feeling is that these next few matches coming up might just be dead rubber in the sense that the qualification scenarios are so... um, Like, the, the margin for error is very small and... I feel like we almost practically have the top four locked in. So it's, I mean, obviously, who knows? We we might see some pretty unexpected things like coming up in in regards to who is uh, who's who's making that top four. But it looks to me that we have a top four already, like set for the semis. But again, I I'm not I'm not gonna jump the gun and say that. There's no chance of like Pakistan or Afghanistan making their way into the top four. I just feel like these matches might as well end up being dead rubber because of the fact that, well, most of of the teams uh, that are playing have either pretty much already qualified or are. I'm not sure how, how to explain it, but I I hope you got the idea. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, I think the next couple matches will be pretty uh, crucial for that. For those, like, um, like I said, the teams that are kind of on the fringe. So, like Afghanistan, Pakistan. I think Afghanistan, Netherlands, just to get like points. If Afghanistan can beat Netherlands, they get some more points, um, and they can work towards that. New Zealand, Pakistan is a very big match for like both those teams. Um, and considering now, like, it's not only New Zealand's probably gonna they're like are going to lose basically against South Africa, but their net run rate is going to take like a huge hit. Um, and South Africa is going to get like a four net run rate or something like a like plus four net run rate, which is crazy after this. Like this is going to be like a 200 run loss or something or a run win again. Um, so I think, yeah, the Afghanistan, Netherlands and New Zealand, Pakistan matches. Um, I think that'll, that'll indicate a lot because see the thing with Afghanistan is like, they're an excellent team. And honestly, I think, for them, the last couple of years, what they've their struggle has really been with their batting. Um, but with this uh, World Cup, they've actually shown a lot of like maturity, um, and I kind of I would pin that down to a lot of like the coaching by like Jonathan Trot and and just kind of keeping things calm. So um, yeah, the the kind of run chases they've actually been really good at. So I think their bowling is with Rashid and Nabi and 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 whatnot. 
um, and Fazilhach and everything. I think that um, I think that that's not as much of a concern, but it's more like their batting and their batting turn up, um, and it has so far. So I would say though they do have like a couple of tough um, games coming up. Like they have Australia and they have South Africa. So like they have to beat Netherlands. If they don't meet Netherlands, they're out. Um, if they beat Netherlands and like Pakistan beats New Zealand, like it just gets tricky. Um, but I don't see Afghanistan beating Australia or South Africa. So they like they're on six points now. They have to get to ten. Like they really have to get to like maybe beat Australia if they can like try to sneak a win there, and then get to ten and hope that results go their way with like Pakistan, New Zealand, um, and like Australia. So I think, I think for Afghanistan, it's, it's, um, it would be, it's tough for them to get in, but where they've got come from like already is like amazing. Um, and I think they're just going to continue to get like better and better. No, definitely. They will continue to get better and better because their team, like their core is so young. If you look at their spin attack, uh, Besides Nabi, uh, um, they have Rashid Khan, Mujib, and then they have uh, Nur Ahmed. All of them, are, I think, are under 25. So th- those three are going to be bowling together for a long, long time to come. I feel like we've talked a lot so far about the team and the scenarios and stuff like that. So I wanted to add one more thing before I go into the next thing I want to talk about, which is the fact that South Africa are going to win this game has blown the top four race wide open. Because now if Pakistan beats New Zealand, then I think that they're they're probably going to replace them in the top four because as Nayan mentioned earlier, New Zealand's run rate is probably going to take a huge, huge hit, which makes the India-South Africa game a bit more interesting. But anyway, um, you've seen that this World Cup has brought a lot of like fame towards stars that weren't as known in the past. Like this tournament has been breakout tournaments for so many young players. And I'm curious to know, um, who do you guys think have been standout players so far in this tournament? Yeah, that's actually a, a very good uh, question because, as you mentioned, we we love it when we see, like, the stars that we love and know perform. But to see uh, other players that maybe not have had that much exposure or that much, uh, I guess, publicity might not be the best word, but, you know, uh, that, that sort of recognition, I guess, for their, their skill. Um, that is a good question. I would say that one player I can think of is Riza Hendricks. Uh, he's definitely been performing every chance he gets. Um, I can also think of um, well, I mean, I was gonna say uh, Basilita, but he's already um, sort of proved his his competency as a player. Uh, in in previous games, but he, uh, you know, he's quite an exceptional all-rounder for the Netherlands. Um, And looking at other teams, I don't know, as of right now, these are the only names that come to mind. Nyan, do you want to, like, add to that? I think Gretchen Arundra, man. Like, honestly, 
Like exactly. Thank you. I've literally nice. been this guy, at my, uh, speaker. At my speaker. I don't even know how you didn't even think of Russian Ravinder. Like that's the. I've been first. Not gonna lie. I've been okay. Yeah, I my... feel stupid oh for that God. in hindsight. Like I've been screaming bro. at my screen the entire time he was saying that. Like, bro, are you gonna say Ravindra or not? Shigar's like a Bastelita or something. Like I don't know, maybe like. Bro is still um, living in 2022 when the Netherlands beat South Africa. And he's like, oh yeah, this guy's pretty good. My brain stopped working for all, all of like 10 seconds. Yes, no. Um, Ravindra also. Uh, I it's it's crazy how like four years ago he was watching the World Cup in like uh, Bangalore. And then four years later, he gets to represent his national side, uh, and he's and he's back in India, and he scores like a century on debut, and then one more, um, and it's it's amazing. And I think and um, this might be like a different conversation entirely, but Manav said that he might be uh, considered part of the quote unquote like next Fab Four, like where it's like Ravindra Gill. Um, Labishain and Brooke but uh, Nayan continue what you were saying about um, you know the players that you find interesting yeah so I was gonna I was gonna say Ravinder but then you sort of took my thunder I guess well um, my bad but, uh, <laughs> yeah no Ravinder Ravinder is just, like he he was I think just in the squad against England like in the in that in that series like the, right before the World Cup but before that he had been kind of on the you know, like he made his debut. He was sort of like, you know, like a all-rounder, maybe more bowling all-rounder, like hadn't really proved his worth. And then he just explodes at these centuries, like at like number three and everything. It's like insane. Um, and, you know, he's still, he like, he adds so much value. And honestly, they've been depending on him, like with the bat. Like it's been Mitchell. It's been, uh, I'd say probably Phillips uh, and like Ravindra with like the bat so honestly like if he didn't make any of those runs like some of those wins New Zealand would have had like they wouldn't have gotten close um I was gonna say the other person that really like um struck me was was um like Abdullah Shafiq I think I think that's his name um the Pakistani like uh I think he's a, a top order batter he kind of came in and he he got some like um like crucial runs I think it was against Australia and like some other teams um, so that was that was interesting, um, I guess. Like a nice, you know, uh, like young player coming through. Um, besides that, I can't really think of anyone else. I think mostly just Ravindra. Um, I think this World Cup's been like. I mean, I guess like every World Cup, right, has been kind of about like you know the the seniors and they let go, and so this is like a Rohit Sharma, like you know. Uh, you know, type like, you know, World Cup or like some of the other seniors whose names I can't remember now. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I think I think some of the youngsters have been kind of like under the radar um, this World Cup, but definitely Ravindra has stood out for me. Yeah, I think you were spot on with Ravindra and Abdullah Shafiq specifically. The thing that's like really confusing with this Abdullah Shafiq situation is that Pakistan for the longest time were playing they were they were they were playing Imam Bakr and Babur as their top three and I'm, I'm sure I don't know about you guys but I'm sure you, people were going on the Instagram comments and you were seeing these comments of King Babur and Bakr uh, Imam and Babur the next version of Shikhar Dhawan Rohit and Rohit and Kohli and all this stuff and all three of them were top five in the rankings at one point this year 
and now well imam's not even in the top 10 i think barbara's the only pakistani left in the top 10 but as far as rapinder is concerned i saw him like in that test series that we had against new zealand at home at the end of 2021 and um we needed a wicket to win and uh ravindra and ayas patel kind of helped lock out for a draw which is crazy to think that he was batting so low and now that he gets a chance in the top of the order and he's now like scoring runs for fun i know he didn't get runs today but you know you can't really score every game and not even Kobe can score every game so i feel like now we've talked about the guys that have performed and the players that have stood out. So, which players do you think have underperformed, at least to their at least to their standards? Uh, the entirety of England. And I mean, that, that's just a very blunt. Okay, way. well, so, so, finally, no, 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 not the entirety, not the entirety. Mark Wood, no, no, he's right. Forty-one right. off like eighteen balls. What was it? Not to not not to mention, Josh Butler dropped his best his best batsman this tournament, Harry Brook. Which is still baffling to me because, like, this guy has been one of your, like, you know, keystones in your batting lineup, especially with, like, his current form and whatnot. I mean, obviously, again, we've, we've talked about how ODI, like, may not be his strongest format, but he's still, like, one of your best batsmen, and, and to drop him is beyond me why he would do that. I think it's Stokes. But Stokes, like, he can't bowl now. Again, injury. And then he's, like, hacking away while Shami's, like, smashing the stumps. So, um, yeah. Honestly, I'm just going to go back to that that match against, um, I think it was South Africa, right? Yeah, like, England. Yeah, England-South Africa. Yeah, the one the one, the one, one where they got blown away by, like, 230 runs, right? Yeah. No, but the thing, is, the thing is, though, like, they got another 70 runs or, like, 80 runs just from Mark Wood and Gus Atkinson. And I think... One of the other bowlers, I think it was Topley, was injured, so they were they were like um, nine down or like they, like nine wickets down or something. But like that was their last pair, the, and they the batting could have kept going. Honestly, I know I, they really could have. The, the batting strategy for England has been absolutely piss poor with this tournament. I don't even understand. You give up four hundred against South Africa. Okay, fine. It's a flat track. The bowlers did well to take wickets in the later part of the overs. Otherwise, that score could have been like 420 or something. We saw that against Australia when Boston made that 170 off about 90 balls. I'm sure Shrikar was celebrating like crazy. But I think that, that that was not needed. But if we look at England's approach in terms of their batting, they have so many batters that can hit, especially in the latter parts of the over. Why, when they lose a couple of wickets, you mean to tell me that the two batters in the middle cannot meet in the middle and say, yo, let's get singles, let's stop playing any risky shots, let's take the game deep to like 30, 35 overs, and then let's start whacking when we see the ball better. Simply, they're just trying to like, they're hitting the ball and then they're throwing their wickets away. I, I, this approach has been complete, it's failed completely. And England has been exposed. This, this is worse than 2015, I'm going to be honest. They've lost like all their their confidence. I think like they came in, I think, with like a ton of overconfidence. Like, because they they played, they played like they they won the New Zealand series, they're doing okay in the warm-ups or whatever. And like, okay, you know, basketball, like we've done well in tests. We haven't played an ODI for like a ton, like or like we haven't played like we we played barely any ODI games, but like whatever, like we're the defending champions, we can like do it, we have all this confidence. They get smashed by New Zealand and like Gretchen Nervinda specifically. Like, Ravinder has caused a downfall. This guy from Bangalore, basically, has caused a downfall of English cricket. It's so funny. Um, or, like, ODI in this World Cup. 
but um and they just they just lose all their confidence like their players are there but they're just not informed none of them are informed we're just not informed Bristol Milan will get 40 you know without loss and then they get out Butler's thrown away his wickets like a ton Livingston's thrown away his wickets Moyne Ali has thrown away his wicket um and like this is what I was saying with like Mark Wood and Gus Atkinson like they would have kept going if Mark Wood if that hadn't been like a four because that should have been a four then it was like they switched like they rotated strike and then Gus got bold they would have I think gone for another at least 50 runs and it just would have yeah, but, been further yeah, than that. Man, it, would, it wouldn't have made it with the way England has played I don't think it would have made a difference though because they still no, would have lost the games it wouldn't have made a difference but it just would have shown that like all you have to do is bat like sensibly and just like just bat normally like don't like freak out basically that's like, fair that's you know? as as far as overconfidence is concerned i agree with what you say about them coming in with a lot of overconfidence because Josh butler going on on the media and saying that oh we're not defending anything that's got to be like the funniest statement i've ever heard like you're defending champions of course you're defending something like do you not want to win the world cup again no i i, I think you know he was absolutely right he did not defend the team's dignity nor their reputation as world champions so spot on there just but I mean look it, in all seriousness maybe like yeah their 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 overconfidence has been you know their their biggest downfall it's it's their hubris um but also like I think each player individually is skilled enough but as a team they're just not coming together and then what's what's funny to me is that amongst all this chaos we have uh David Willie who's going to retire after this World Cup and I mean he's been he's been one of their better players if you ask me I mean I'm not, I'm not even gonna lie I'm not even gonna lie I think Ben Stokes should be joined him bro I feel like him coming back is like he came back for this like are you serious yeah no Ben Stokes should have stayed in retirement I don't understand his his choice to come out of retirement like at this point retiring for for England has become a joke he like hits Moyne Ali up uh, with like a message and says, "Hey, do you want to come back to tests? Sure, whatever." But, like, yeah, watch him. He's gonna say he's gonna send. An, I mean, I know Moyne Ali has said this is not gonna happen, but we just don't know what English cricket at this point. Imagine him sending a text to Moyne Ali saying, "Yo, Moyne, we got we got a series against the Indians. You try to join us up, mate." And he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, let's do it, man." And then Moyne Ali comes on for the for the India tour and he's bringing his his spices and all that kind of stuff. But like, <laughs> no, it's just it's crazy because see, okay. I, I definitely I'll say I was on like the Ben train um like for for like uh coming back like the ODI like coming out of retirement for this World Cup but also like England was like really stacked like Stokes okay Stokes like super fit like it would have it just looked really really good for like them to defend the, their their title um but the thing with England right is like they kind of I think with Butler like I don't know what it is like they've just gone away from everything that was successful for them so like their all-rounder strategy they've gone away they went away from that and then they changed so many things and then coming back they again so now players don't have confidence in the playing 11 that just spells disaster um with Stokes being out of form he's one like he, he can't bowl and then if he's not getting runs and he can't even really feel that much what is he doing there so then you have to put in Harry Brook so then some of the changes they needed to make they didn't make um but I think it's just, yeah like the the like root literally can't score runs 
he's like their number what is he number three yeah like he's supposed to score runs or like number four he is supposed to score runs you're, you're right exactly but the problem um, is Versa Milan I mean okay to be fair Versa that, Milan, that, dude, that, that, that is the that is the worst opening combination I think I've ever seen from England bro but you, yeah. you, he, Bearstow is not getting runs. At least Milan has a hundred to his name in the World Cup. Bearstow hasn't done jack in this World Cup. Too. That's the thing. And That's they're, the... and they're dropping Harry Brook. And then a few months ago, they were saying that oh, Harry Brook is so versatile. He he can open the innings, bait And then he could come in number three. He could come in number five, and he could finish. And you're not even playing him in these positions. So you you, you got to try something because clearly the approach that you have is not working. If you've lost five on the bounce. Like, I was going to say with Milan, like, Milan has actually looked really good, honestly. Like, I feel like, and he's he scored, like, six centuries in the last, like, four months or something like that. So, I don't really have, like, I mean, like, whatever. Like, he, they should kick on. Berso, though, like, he just, when, the thing with Berso, when Berso looks good, he looks a million bucks. When he looks bad, he looks like he's, like, a tailender if he can't play. Like, he'll get bold, he'll, like, get LBW, like, edging, like, like flirting outside the offside. Like, his, all the technique just goes out the window. Um... But yeah, their batsmen just haven't scored runs. The middle order has thrown away their wickets. And then the bowlers have to defend like, you know, a hundred. Um, and I mean, like Chris Wilkes has been like pretty bad, like to be honest, like their bowlers have been, have been toothless. David Willey is the only bright spot and he's the one who doesn't get a contract. Like what? So then he, like, I respect him for just like retiring because I think that just sends a message of like, hey, like, like he's gonna play for like what RCB or something, and then Coley's like he's gonna get like 200 wickets, and Coley's gonna like be so happy or something. Like that. Um, no, so. that is that is that is extremely fair because before the start of the tournament, I was telling Shrieker, I was like, Shrieker, man, we're gonna have to play such a perfect game against England because they're the world champions. We want what they have. Their batting lineup is amazing. They have probably the best batting lineup in the tournament. And then he's like, Madam, I think you're overreacting, and 100% he got that call correct because. The way England is playing in this tournament, man. I mean, we can talk about this this team all freaking day. Because the how do you not their their batsmen, they're not even lasting up to the 20th over. I thought against India, I was like, when Milan and Bear still got them off like 30 for no loss, I was like, all right, this game is done. India's gonna go back to the drawing board. They're gonna see what changes they're gonna have to make for the rest of the group game. Because we don't wanna be losing games here, at least consistently before the semifinals because we can drop and who knows because mathematically that is in quotes we're not in the semifinals yet so I think tomorrow if we beat Sri Lanka we're we're through but as far as England is concerned I'm just gonna lay off them for a little bit because we're probably gonna talk about them for the rest of the episode and I'm gonna get a lot of hate for this next player who I've who I said is gonna be underperforming I feel like Mohamed Siraj has underperformed a lot especially given the Asia Cup that he's had he didn't bowl that well against England. Against Pakistan, he took key wickets, but he was also expensive. I feel like Siraj, if he doesn't get wickets tomorrow, there should be a conversation of him being being replaced because he hasn't... They opened the bowling with Bumrah and Siraj in India. Bumrah gives all the pressure and then Siraj comes and he just throws it all away. And then Mohamed Shami has to come and he has to thankfully he's been taking wickets. He has to come and he has to cover up everything that Siraj has done. So I feel like if Siraj doesn't get wickets tomorrow, there's a high chance of Raul Dravid and Rohit Sharma coming together and saying, you know what, let's look at the options we have as replacements. I mean, obviously, he's still like a, like a, you know, a young player, but also I feel like he's gotten enough maturity to the point where he can, you know, sort of 
approach like each game and be like okay i have to make an impact and i have to do this like and he's i mean quite literally led our bowling attack in the absence of boomer for a while so i don't know what the reason behind his current like uh inability i guess to take wickets is but i mean I wouldn't drop him in in any case. Maybe I feel like we could rearrange the way that the bowling comes in. So like, I don't know how effective it would be to have like maybe Boomer on Shummy open and then be a bowling and then have Siraj as your first change or whatever. But like, I think Siraj definitely like has that um, that ability and that skill in him to on a good day take down any team. But also. I don't know. Is it is it like World Cup pressure, or maybe he's just been like trying too hard post uh, that that uh, match against Sri Lanka in the Asia Cup final? But you know, whatever it may be, he's not bowling the same as he was before. But also, it brings into the question of were Siraj's wickets in that tournament luck, and I don't think it was. I feel like he genuinely did bowl to his strengths and he did, you know, get the ball to move a lot. But he's, like, you know, obviously playing on a much bigger platform now with the with the World Cup. And so with that comes, you know, uh, different hurdles and obstacles, whatever. But I think he does need to step up, but I would never consider taking him out of the playing 11. I feel like that's... Like he he's gonna be very important for for India going forward, and I feel like he should be a mainstay. I was gonna say that um, I think Siraj is the type of player where like he can have a little bit of ups and downs, but he has that like spark in him. If that makes sense to like, I feel like when 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 he feels like people are like starting to hate on him and the like comments are coming in, he just comes and he puts it, like you get like a five for it and then he puts his like finger up and then he and Chloe start like screaming together. Like that's the type of thing. Um, I think I think it's like it just happens. Like like you start to sort of like lose a bit of like edge. Like you're not gonna get like a six for every match. Like in in um in uh you know like in the Asia Cup. So I think that you know. I think I think with like Shami being kind of included back in, like maybe he's sort of gone back into like like a little bit of like the shadows, I suppose. Um, and he's lost a little bit of that like you know sparkling edge. But like I wouldn't drop him just yet. Like I think he still has a lot to offer. Obviously, um, if he continues to not perform, then there's a situation where you could consider bringing in someone like a Thakur for for Siraj, and then you'd have like you know like especially if Pandya's not there. Um, and then you, you can strengthen the batting while still having Shami and Bumrah and then, you know, Kulbeep. Um So, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't drop him just yet, but um, it definitely is, it definitely is concerning if he's, if he's continuing to give away a lot of runs and like give the pressure away while Burma and Shami are trying to like, you know, keep it tight, so. I think that is fair. Um, another, I'm going to get so much hate for this as well. Another player who I think has underperformed tremendously for his standards, at least for the standards that his fans hold him to, is Babar Azam. Because he's, got, yes, he's got every 50 in the tournament, but two of them were 50 on the dot, and he hasn't been able to convert. And then that innings against Afghanistan, a lot of people were saying that that innings cost them the game. So I feel like Babar, he's under pressure in terms of capacity. I mean, boys, I don't know about you, but the noise pollution is going to be on fire today because South Africa has won the game. 
I already got text in the chat saying that South Africa is going to win by 200 runs. And then he sent the meme of Shaheen smiling with it like that. I don't know if you guys have seen it. But as far as Bob Rosman is concerned, he, it looks to me as if his, the pressure of his captaincy is getting to him. Yeah, um, Bavar, I think, has been, like, a massive disappointment, honestly. Like, I know he scored, like, what, a 74 and, like, a 50 or, like, two 50s, but he would score 50, like, on the dot and then get out. And, like, for someone who's supposedly of, like, such class and, like, quality and also, like, the captain and, like, one of the main batters, like, you need to, like, if the others on your team, like, aren't scoring, like, a lot of runs, like, that's when you have to perform. Um, and I think just with Bobbert, like, I think the disappointment is there's just a lot of complacency for me. Like, I, I think it's the stress of his captaincy. Like, he's he doesn't really know what's, like, going on. And he's not, like, he doesn't have, like, I think the, like, confidence and, like, like the kind of charge of, like, the change room. Like, you don't see him as being, like, really, like, grabbing everyone else around him and, like, leading them forward. Um, and I think the most, like, obvious example of that was against South Africa. Like... I get like him using up his fastballers and getting them through their all like their ten overs, but choosing like Mamad Nawaz to bowl. I mean, come on, the guy bowl like. Bro, this guy needs to stop like, giving the ball. He needs to he needs to stop giving the ball to Nawaz in crunch situations. You know what's what's funny is the fact that he always says that he says uh, Nawaz, you're my match winner, and people are now memeing it and saying Nawaz, you're my match winner because I don't like Imad Wasim. He used to go into the press conferences and say the truth that because of me, we scored 20 less runs or something like that. Like, how did they drop in Madwazim for this guy? Like, I don't understand the basis on this logic. It's, it's crazy. Like, like I remember seeing that and like, it goes to the banner. I'm like, that's not going for four. It goes for four. I'm like, you're going to let the match slip like that? Like, granted, it should have, that umpire's call should have been out. But Bobbert, like you see him and he, like Rizwan's literally telling him what to do. Like, just give Rizwan the captaincy. Bobbert can't handle the captaincy. He's not an effective leader. And I think that goes into his batting. Where he becomes a lot more timid and the difference with him and coley in this respect is coley was still like a really good captain and still like inspired and like led his team and got them to be really aggressive especially in test matches even when his batting wasn't good um or well like he wasn't performing with the bat and he was in like shit form um no, like, that, is true. that is that is that is so true because even when he had that drought from where he scored his last 100 before the COVID break, and then he stepped down from captaincy in all formats. Bro, India was still winning games. It's not like they were suffering because of him being out of form, which was something that I really commend him for. Yeah, like, it, you know, so I think the contrast with Bhavad is like, you know, Bhavad, like, when he's captain, like, he's just, like, he can captain against, like, smaller sides or, like, bilaterals, but in really, really crunch games, like, I don't think he should have been captain. But then again, making those changes, like, in, you know, within a World Cup or at the start of World Cup is, like, too much. So I understand that. But I think it's, it's just disappointing from his perspective. And um, I think he needs to quit captaincy, um, kind of like Coley. But, like, again, for just because he's an inefficient captain and he's not making that many runs. Um, and I don't know. I think this also proves, like, all those people who, like, try to get Baba into the Fab Four, like, it, no. Baba is not in the Fab Four at all. Like, there's no question. Yeah. Like, I, I was I was gonna say my thoughts, but um, now you finish up what you have to say, and then we should probably hear Shrieker because he's probably listening to us. Like, yo, what did you guys talk? We haven't given him a chance to talk, so let's give him a chance true. to talk. Um, I would say, um, I'm trying. Other other people haven't performed 
Uh, Steve Smith, man. Like, actually, genuinely. Like, low-key, Australia had, like, their batting is still, like, they haven't really performed, in my opinion. Like, Warner and, 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 um, and I think his Marsh have kind of been carrying it. But Steve Smith is just, like, he's, like, root. Like, they... No, that's the thing. That's the thing about Australia, though, because now that they have Travis head back and he, like, scored that 100 against New Zealand, like, their batting lineup has gotten even more firepower. So now they have Mitch Marsh, who's already scored 100, opening the batting now in the middle order. Oh, dude, it's, it's crazy. Australia's depth is absolutely amazing. It's insane. Like, honestly, they should have had Travis head before um, because he's he's been a beast, like, ever since, like, I think it was 2021, like, Ashes or something like that. But, um... I, I, I want to see Smith perform because I feel like he's sort of been under the radar just because others have been performing. But even Labuschagne has been batting better than him. And Labuschagne wasn't even a certainty at the beginning of this World Cup. So I would want to see Smith perform more. Um, I mean, I'd obviously really want to see Root like score some runs just because it's like class. Um, and then uh, Babar, I guess, um, should score runs. So. Yeah, no, for me, uh, I'm just going to put it bluntly. I think Babur has been spineless as a captain and as a player recently because he is, like, in this, like, weird gray area, like, limbo, where he's neither a good player nor a good captain at the moment. He's, he's like, letting one side affect the other like his, his his captaincy is affecting his batting and his batting is affecting his captaincy and you know like you can make arguments like oh well well the uh you know a captain is not you know just reflective of like or uh, sorry rather the uh the team is not reflective of the captain but like even then i'm gonna go back to like sarfraz ahmed and one thing that i'll say is that okay you can mean this guy to death and like sure whatever but i i genuinely co- consider him to be like a, a pretty good captain for, for pakistan and he did some pretty good stuff uh in that world cup uh but coming back to this world cup i mean dude Babar is just he's not making the right calls he needs to be able to uh you know handle the pressure of the of the uh, circumstances and put the players that best belong and he's not doing that and like he's he's super quiet on the field as Nyan mentioned too like I would much rather have Rizwan be captain like sure this guy is like like appealing as though he's he's being held at gunpoint uh, behind the stumps like he, he's like celebrating like fucking New Year's but you know it's even then I, w- I would rather have him be captain just because he shows like he has intent he has like this um energy that he's bringing to the team Babur is not bringing that but if you let Babur just be a batsman I think he will shine he will he'll he'll bat as he did like in that previous World Cup and yeah that's essentially where I think Babar has been falling short. No, that's, that. All right, now go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna point out that Phillips is—he uh, got a fifty, so that's something. Uh, he's gonna get two hundred and seventy and get New Zealand all the way. So, yeah. 
I would hope so. Yeah, he is. He is. He is. He is absolutely whacking the ball. There's a. We have a chat going on, and um, Shrika, you'll know him from it. We did an episode with him. He's crying, saying that how I want Afghanistan to be in the top four ahead of Australia and New Zealand, and he's thinking that uh, South Africa. He doesn't seem to believe that South Africa has a problem chasing, which I've been trying to explain to him for the past like half an hour, but it's just not working. Now coming on to what you guys said about Bobber, I think you guys were both spot on. I was having a conversation with my dad, and he was like, "Dude, forget the Bobber and Kohli comparison. This tournament has exposed the difference between all the top batters in the world and Bobber. Like, forget about his comparison with Kohli, which I think is so stupid in the first place. And the only reason why that that comparison even ever existed is because it was so convenient that when Kohli was at his worst at the start of 2022." Bobber was at his best. He was like scoring hundreds consistently, so that's when this whole argument happened of like King Bobber and him being number one and all class, as my aunt said, and all that. I feel like it's gotten to a point where even if he drops his captaincy, I don't, I don't think his form will return. Because remember, for that whole like, there was a period of like eight or nine months where Coley wasn't the captain, and he was performing worse when he wasn't the captain. Until that Asia Cup, he was not himself. You know what I mean? So I feel like if they drop Bobber from the captaincy, if Pakistan doesn't make the semifinals, and let's say the PCB comes together and they're like, "Listen, Bobber cannot be the team to take us forward at least in this format of the game," I feel like, sure, the burden of captaincy might be off of him, but it's still going to loom in the back of his mind that I didn't step down the board, decided that I shouldn't be captain. Well, I mean that is true, but also it's like as a captain, you—I don't know if it's—it could be a lack of self-awareness, as as like you know, straightforward as that sounds. But maybe he just genuinely feels like he's doing his best, and 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 maybe he he is. But like, if he is like. Instructed to to step down from from the captaincy by the by the PCB, I mean obviously that's gonna leave a like a negative you know impact on him because then he he's gonna feel like well what could I have done better? But I think truth be told he he was never meant to be a captain on a a bigger stage like this. Like again, as as Anayan said, like maybe okay he can. He can captain against smaller teams, but when it comes to being like the representative of your your uh, you know country's cricket team on this like massive grand stage that is the World Cup, Bobber is the last person. Well, okay, that's that's an exaggeration, but he is definitely not the first person I would have picked, and I, I'm not I'm, I'm not sure many people would have like I. I've I've spoken to many Pakistan fans who don't want him as captain just because they don't like what he's been doing, like his his decisions. And I feel like if your own fans aren't supportive of your captaincy, and I mean obviously we can we can debate like you know it's subjective, but when you have a mass outcry like that, I feel like you know it's definitely a sign that. Maybe your 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 captaincy isn't what's needed for the team, and I mean, obviously, if if he does step down, he's gonna feel that for some time. But 
he's still making a decision that's, you know, for the best interest of the team. Yeah, I think I think that's that's fair. Um, I mean, I, I mean, props to you, Shreepa, for finding Pakistan fans that actually want Bob Brazil to step down because the Pakistan fans I talked to were like, "Oh no, he should remain the captain." You know, King Babar, King Babar, Alhamdulillah, and all this kind of things that they say. But the thing that bothers me is that this guy is—it's not even just Pakistan. Cricket team like the national team, right? In in PSL, we've seen that his captaincy just doesn't work. They scored like two. I I don't I don't know if you guys remember the game. They scored two forty, and like Jason Roy went off and they lost the game, defending the total. So, it was like, it's not just Babar hemorrhaging the Pakistan national team. It's his captaincy is also damaging like Kishore Zomi. I think he plays for something like that, some team like that. And then you have two players like Rizwan and Shah- and Shaheen. Shaheen has won back-to-back PSLs as captain, I think, and Rizwan has made it to the finals, I think, two times in a row as well. So you do have leaders on your team, like even in the DRS, like people are telling Babar, go take the review, take the review, because he's unsure of what to do. You you see Babar, like Babar, like I guess some captains look like this, but Babar, like especially in World Cups, the man will like twiddle his fingers and looks like one of those like a six-year-old like a lost six-year-old looking for his mom like on the field and then Rizwan comes in that's wild like, what do i do and then Rizwan's like okay do this or do this and Bobber's like huh like what do i do like it's but, so and- funny like i remember seeing him in south africa and there's like six runs to get after the lbw and he's just like what do i do i go do this okay like tell me what to do tell me what to do like uh like you know if if anything Rizwan seems to be the one that's like sort of been uh quote unquote like making the call it's like uh I was no no I was no, no, no 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 hold on I don't, I don't think I would trust Rizwan either because there was there was um a review that I don't, I don't know I don't remember what game it was Bobber of course being the captain that we know him to be and how aware he is of game situations right was looking at Rizwan he's like why should I, should I take review or not and then Rizwan is saying yeah take the review and then the the ball wasn't even it didn't even touch the sticker of the bat and then Bobber's face just said it off He, that's the thing when things go wrong he gets mad at his whole team indirectly and people can see in the press against i think after they lost to Afghanistan he was saying that the bowlers bowled like shit he wasn't criticizing his performance he wasn't criticizing the batters it's just that our fielding is trash which, which it is but our bowlers didn't bowl well but this guy he'll never take responsibility for what he's doing like he will never come out and say you know what i'm the problem Pakistan. But at least I know England has been losing a lot of games, but at least Josh Butler has come out and said these losses are my fault, you know what I mean? You know, and like just just adding on to that, like I think Bobber made a statement saying that like oh, whenever I get out, it's it's not that the bowlers are good, it's the fact that uh I made a mistake. But like you're you're also taking credit away from the bowlers. Like if you've been outsmarted, just admit that you've been outsmarted. It's like and that's you you need to be self-aware first and foremost as a captain when you, when you're faltering and also you need to have that like level of cognizance of well if my captaincy isn't benefiting the team i i might as well step down but he he definitely has to take more accountability i feel um 
And obviously, Rizwan isn't the best like choice for a captain, but I feel like he he does have the energy. He does have the the right intent. I feel like in terms of what he tries to do. Obviously, there there's just times where he flat out appeals for God knows why. No one knows what what, what he's doing. But uh, I mean, he's still quite the character. Like there was an instance in the in the Pakistan versus Bangladesh match where he he flat out asked the batsman if it if it hit the the bat before appealing. It was it, it was hilarious, but I mean, obviously, Rizwan's not going to be your 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 first choice captain. But I mean, and that's that's all in in the future of Pakistan cricket. I mean, well, near future, I should say, because I don't know if like I don't know how long they're going to stick with Babur. Maybe they'll they'll continue to like persevere and like who knows. But if they do drop him as captain that's going to usher in like a lot of debates and a lot of like media outcry and lot just it's 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 going to stir up so much uh controversy because you know you have two groups that are very like strongly or uh yeah that are strongly opinionated on this where you have one group that genuinely like does think he is a good captain and uh one who's who's blaming you know him as the captain so it, it comes down to a like an individual versus team dynamic and that's where like that is the biggest problem in in regards i feel to pakistan because other players have been have been doing their job i mean admittedly not to the best of their abilities but they have been doing their jobs right and so i feel like babur should take accountability now or never because his chances of being captain are somewhat at stake because if you can't produce results then what are you doing in that position i was gonna say that he also doesn't have it like the pcb is also a best finalist like they don't really support a lot of their players like i feel like they almost rely on like like the fans and like what like the the vibe is or whatever so they're just kind of like they'll like throw bob out under the bus or like a lot of other pakistani players and just like oh yeah like whatever um and like just took off the whims of like whatever the like people or like fans are feeling or like just like the sentiment or like commentators and like that's like one thing that you like you need the support of like not only like your your like the the dressing room but all like the people in the dressing room but i like as a captain but you also need like support from like the management and like the higher level like management um and the pcb is just they've always been like i guess embroiled in like controversy or just like you know it's never been like super settled um you know, whereas, like, if you look at other boards, um, I mean, if let's say, like, if you take the BCCI, like, I know there's, there was all that, like, sort of Ganguly, Virat Kohli, like, you know, controversy. Um, and you can just see how, like, for example, if, like, um, the higher management doesn't have, like, the backing of, like, the captain, the captain, like, it just, like, even if he's, like, amazing, he won't really do very well or, like, they'll even, like, drop him or, or sack him or something. Um, so I think that's the other thing. But... Yeah, like Babur, I don't know. It's just he's just not a good captain. I I generally just don't think he's he's like leadership material. Like I think this is this is my thing. That your best player, especially your best batsman, it doesn't mean that you're the best captain. The captain should be someone who can Thank lead, you. Thank you. Thank right? you. Thank like you. the captain should be someone who can lead the team, who can bring people together, who can like, you know, um raise like the playing like level abilities like confidence of like the whole team especially in pressure situations and get them you know to believe in themselves um that's the thing right like better, better like 
you know, standard than they were before, leave a mark, all that stuff. That's the captain. He could yeah, be as a, okay exactly. Batsman, you know, um, or whatever. He could be, I mean, bowlers, like, if he could do that, it's great. Keepers, whatever. But that's the captain's job. The batsman, yeah. the really good batsman has to score runs. I feel like Babur is a really good batsman. Or, like, he's a good batsman. But once you burden a good batsman who doesn't have that leadership skill or that, like, captaincy ability with captaincy, you see the result. Like, Virat Kohli is a good captain, and he's an excellent batter. Um, Rohit Sharma is an okay captain. Like, he's a good captain, but he's a better batter. Babur is just a solid... Rohit is a Rohit is a solid captain. Like at least he knows what he's doing. At least he knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, I say good just as in like I think there have been a couple of losses, and I only say this because like he's kind of made some excuses with the WTC, so it's just no. That 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 was I, I don't understand. I understand with the with the first one we had in 2021. You can make you can make an excuse and say, oh, dude, it's the rain. If you played this team five days in clear conditions like we had at the Oval, then you never know about what would have happened. But to say that the WTC should be three finals, that kind of defeats the purpose of a final, right? I mean, that's that's we're just like kind of making some excuses because you want to play IPL. But generally, as a captain, he's good. Like I'd say he's good. I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But coming coming on to what you said about like Pakistan making Barber, I feel like it's a case of that a lot of people have spoke about, which is the fact that for whatever reason, Pakistan they always have this obsession with following India. They don't even care about the rest of the teams. We just need to know what India is doing. So I feel like they looked at India and they saw, oh, Virat Kohli is their best batsman by a mile in all three formats of the game. He's also the captain. Let's do the same thing with Barber. Then he'll be able to excel to Swartz. Because remember, when Kohli became full-time captain at the start of 2017, his numbers were soaring. And they continued to soar until he had that decline, which is when he stepped down from captaincy and all that stuff, that whole drama happened. But I feel like in the, in the back of their mind, PCB had this idea of, well, if we give Babar Azam the captaincy and he, he's the king, right? He's 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 Kohli and all that, all, all the all these things. He's his game is gonna soar to a whole new level, and he's gonna be like breaking records and all these things like that. And it just hasn't panned out the way they had hoped. I was talking to my dad again. In the words of my dad, Pakistan fans, this is not me saying this. In the words of my dad, Babar Azam is a bad captain and a very average batter. So I think that's all you can really say about Bob Rosen. No, that, that's a fair assessment. Um, and uh, I think that's going to be something where, like, Bob sort of has to reignite that, like, spark in him as a batsman. But that, that won't come unless he isn't burdened with his captaincy anymore. I feel like it would be a good time for uh, for Pakistan cricket to to shift captains. Um, and let Bobber do what he does best as a player. Um, I do feel like we've we've uh, you know wrapped quite a bit on Bobber, so I want to jump to uh, perhaps uh, I'm not sure if you can consider them the worst team in this tournament, but they've been eliminated, and that's Bangladesh. Would you guys consider Bangladesh to have done worse? Or England in in regards to their performance this tournament. I have to say I have to say England because they are world champions. For world champions to come out and play like that is absolutely disgraceful. Like if you look at title defenses, I'm not gonna say because in 2011 that was no 2015 was the last year they had quarterfinals. So 2011 Australia defending champs they make the quarterfinals they lose to India. 
India in 2015 make the semi-finals they lose to Australia. Australia in 2019 make the semi-finals they lose to England. And then England in 2023 is going to get grouped and not even grouped it looks like they're going to finish last. So I feel like just on the basis that they were world champions and everyone was saying that England's going to make the final and England and Pakistan are going to meet in the final again and it's going to be revenge of 2022 and all that kind of thing. To see England now at the bottom of the table despite all these people saying that England is going to repeat and all that and all this shit I feel like it's it's worse. Yeah, I would say that too. Um I'd also think it's funny like in the England has to has to like scrape just to qualify for the Champions Trophy 2025. And I feel like there's going to be a lot of like memes about that like Netherlands and Afghanistan making it but like Bangladesh and like England not making it. I mean, especially England. Um and um even though I mean Champions Trophy doesn't matter in this context this, this is the world cup but um yeah like it's just it's it's a it's a like really bad like very very poor i like no words to say like tech performance from england like it's just so shocking like, i think they can't even believe it themselves like if they're going through the games like during the game and they're just like what is happening right now um i don't know it's really disappointing like i like i would see owen morgan like this guy sports commentary and you can see morgan's just dying inside cuz he's like all this work that i've built like with the team. Well, I I, I don't know if you guys saw this. Someone I think asked Owen Morgan the question of would he want to take over as white ball coach from the current coach. They're already asking he said uh it's, he said it's a bit too far fetched. But they're already asking Morgan to come back into the setup. That's how bad it's it's becoming. It's, I mean, see and I think Joss isn't like a bad captain. Like they won the G20 World Cup because of like Joss. Like I think he's not that bad. I just genuinely think nothing clicked this is England's a classic example of when no one nothing like the team doesn't click like no individuals click um by themselves and so the team just doesn't click like together collectively um regardless of that i i still have to i still have to have to um hammer on bangladesh though because i'm not going to let them get away um bangladesh has been poor like since they've like become a full member basically <laughs> like they Like you're seeing this in Netherlands, Afghanistan, and even like I would say probably Zimbabwe, like Scotland, Ireland. Like those teams are they've they've I mean Zimbabwe to be fair has 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 kind of been hanging around the full member associate member thing for like 20 minutes. But um like Bangladesh has been like a full member for a while and they've been performing Loki like an association or like a really bad association like for for that period of time. Um and like unlike even like Sri Lanka for example where like after 2015 Sangakkara Jayawardena Muralidharan like Malinga type thing they they had like they were really bad like at least now they've like all the youngsters they they have like a kind of bright future Bangladesh seems to be getting worse like they generally do like Shakib and everything like Mushfiqur like yeah even- but that's the thing that that's the thing about Bangladesh we can't even go back to their history and say This player was such a legend. Like at least like Sri Lanka had so many legends, you know, back at the time. There were there was a time where Sri Lanka was extremely strong, South Africa was extremely strong. Well, they are they are still strong, but India was strong, uh New Zealand, Australia, Pakistan. That was like that era from like the 90s to like 2010s. All five or six of those teams were like extremely strong. I don't think Bangladesh has ever had a side where they're like this is the core group of guys we have. Like dude their their best batter of all time is probably like Tamim Iqbal I'm not even going to lie. 
No, yeah, honestly. And and the thing is, Thumb didn't he like retire, then not retire, then retire again, something like that. Like it's just controversy after controversy. No, he he he, he retired, and then the next day he reversed that decision because he spoke to like Bangladesh's prime minister or something like that, and then they dropped him for the World Cup. So that was like. It's just it's just insane. Like if you think Pakistan has controversy, like Bangladesh has even more controversy. But um, I don't know. It's like, yeah, like so, like so. I would say like Tamim, Shakib, Mushfiq are like the and like Mustafiz are probably like the you know like the 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 kind of I guess the old guard now, and they're like the only four that kind of have ever really sort of performed. But Bangladesh just doesn't like they haven't performed like and they just don't and then it's the same excuse for like Shakib and post-match conferences which are like oh like we're really disappointed like you know we did we did to improve better like play better um this is not like what we expect I'm like what did you expect to win the World Cup like you're not gonna win the World Cup like I would say they have a couple of good players like Mehdi Hassan Miraj um Najma Saint Shanto are like okay um I I'd say Tuscan he bowls a lot of heart um but I, it's just like Bangladesh. Like at this point, it's like they should be in the West Indies camp, where like the West Indies had to qualify, they didn't make it. Bangladesh, I'd want to see if they could qualify for this World Cup, um, because the only reason they get like World Cup points is because they managed to win against like Pakistan in Bangladesh or against like Sri Lanka in Bangladesh or something like that, or, like a couple of times, and they they get points or something like that. Um, but like they beat us, they beat they beat us in Bangladesh as well. Yeah, they did beat us. Like that is fair, but like they'll have a couple of those wins. But like, like I'm saying, like generally, um, and considering, I would say the West Indies are still like better than Bangladesh by like a long shot, and they didn't even make it. Um, it breaks my heart that the West Indies didn't qualify because I am half Caribbean and that was my second team. To see them losing the qualifiers was like super like terrible. No, yeah, like, but I don't. Know, I would want to see like some of these teams. Like, I think it's enough. Like, enough is enough for me. Like, with Netherlands and Afghanistan, they've shown that like you know like some of these other teams that you don't think can do well like can do like a lot better and if the other teams like Bangladesh like if they're not performing like they got to go through the hard way like qualifiers if you qualify then you can prove that you're winning like or that you can win that you can compete otherwise just like leave like like they look you got to lose your like full member status or something like I don't know um I'm like done with Bangladesh right now uh England will bounce back like you know they'll 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 win something um you know the next Obviously, yeah, years like England's so strong, but like this this World Cup, like I think it's just time like they have to um, for some of them some of their seniors to move on and whatnot. Um, but yeah, in this World Cup, England's definitely like it's much more shocking and disappointing. But overall, I'd say Bangladesh has a lot more to like answer for. Um, so yeah, yeah, and uh, no, I mean for me like. When Bangladesh beat us last year uh, in in that ODI series, I'm like, okay, maybe they they might be onto something here. Like they they might have uh, some sort of like slight like not not comeback because I I don't know what what you would define as a comeback for for Bangladesh cricket at the moment, but some sort of like you know uh, uh, improvement I guess in 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 the quality of their cricket, but. I mean, this this World Cup has showed that no, that was just kind of like a one-time thing, and I, I I mean I don't know what can save Bangladesh cricket at the moment. I feel like they might have to follow in uh, England's footsteps of of um, pulling players out of retirement and like doing like a third umpire thing where it's like I have reversed my decision to not retire. Like that's that's the way that they have to go about things at this point. 
No, honestly, I think I think that's fair. Um, with that being said, with everything being discussed, I think um, I want to hear predictions. What do you guys think will happen? Because now the tournament's gonna get incredibly, incredibly heated and exciting to watch. Um, this weekend uh, is gonna be three of the um, most like. I guess if England was playing better, it would be competitive. But uh, New Zealand, Pakistan, England, Australia, and then India, South Africa is all on the weekend. So we have a lot to look forward to. I would say that, um, well, I just want to point out that Sri Lanka still has a chance, honestly, to like even qualify for like the playoffs. Like they play, so if they win against India, they have Bangladesh and um, I think it's New Zealand next. And if New Zealand is, continues going down, like let's say they lose to Pakistan, um, and they like I don't know they start like losing like five matches in a row and everything, then they are kind of like in doubt. Um, and obviously, I think Sri Lanka can can beat Bangladesh pretty easily, hopefully. Um, so if they manage to like pull an upset against India, for example, they end on ten points, and you never know, um, honestly. So I w- I would still say Sri Lanka like would has a chance, and that would be interesting in the mix um but yeah i mean it's 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 gonna be like really interesting i think i think the pakistan new zealand game is like really crucial and i i genuinely hope that new zealand doesn't falter against pakistan because like of all the teams to kind of like screw up against like generally with the nemesis like why is it like pakistan should not be that team like genuinely um so I mean, I feel like that that top four is still pretty much. Uh, well, I'm not gonna say that it's locked in, but I'm gonna say that India and South Africa are definitely in. Uh, and then I'm. I think I think I think Australia is also in as well. Australia is probably play. in. And then they, and then they have to play an England team that is absolutely amazing. You know, they've they've won World Cups. They're they're the double world champions. They got the best fans in the Barmy Army. You know, they're currently tenth place in the World Cup. It's gonna be difficult for them, and I don't know how they're gonna do it. And England have disqualified by the greatest of margins. By the greatest of margins. <laughs> Bro, in 2000, like, freaking 45, they're going to bring up the freaking Bowser count rule. When it, like, imagine 2040, England loses, like, the freaking ICC members or something. And they're like, yeah, but remember in 2019, when we won based off of boundary counts? It's crazy. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, New Zealand and Australia have, like, the flip like schedule so australia now they have the easiest schedule so like they could cruise to like what is it 12 points even like beating bangladesh england afghanistan um whereas uh new zealand have to play pakistan um and then uh sri lanka so um i think i'm missing maybe one yeah no um so yeah honestly like they those those two teams have honestly flipped like new zealand started so well and now they're going down Australia started like really bad and now they're coming up. Um, yeah, I so, think that. I, mean, I think th- I think the only way for like another team to get in is if New Zealand loses at this point, which is not what I wanted to happen. I wanted them to win against South Africa and beat Pakistan, so they end up. No, I wanted. I was I was saying that because West Indies is not here. If, if India doesn't win the World Cup, I wanted New Zealand to lift it just because I feel like Williamson deserves the World Cup. I mean, not just Williamson, the whole of New Zealand too, man. To lose two consecutive finals, especially with the bullshit that happened in 2019, like it still bothers me how like they didn't go to like a second Super Bowl. Like that doesn't make sense to me at all. 
honestly they deserve it and honestly so like honestly i this is what i want i want australia to honestly to get knocked out so that like someone like a well maybe not pakistan but like afghanistan or like sri lanka or something can get in um so ideally like for me new zealand wins against pakistan by like a lot and then england somehow turns up and like annihilates australia like that would be awesome and then india that, was, that would be amazing that would be the dream that would be like, the dream you know india goes Either- in like beat South Africa pretty well or whatever they get like 14 points or something and then you know all like Afghanistan they can pull up upset against Australia if they want to England can crush Netherlands or something whatever and New Zealand can win against Sri Lanka and you know everything's happy like that's that's my so that's my my hope I won't lie if India loses a close game to South Africa I won't be that bad yeah honestly like in, India kind of need like a little bit of a challenge like I, I guess the New Zealand game is a bit of that challenge but like um, and even England, like Loki with the batting, but um, I don't know. I'd really want Afghanistan in the top four, like Afghanistan, Sri Lanka, something like that, just because I think it makes it interesting. Um, like, let's say Afghanistan gets in and like they beat, like in the semifinal, they beat like, I don't know, like South Africa or something. Like, can you imagine like Afghanistan versus like India in the final? Or something like that? be crazy no that, that that would be such a story and it would be an even better story if they like actually like beat us i've got a title in the world we'd get trolled so heavily but it would it would be yeah, a, it'd be a hell of i've got some india and then and then like literally they destroy like the taliban and they're free like honestly <laughs> 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 they oh, literally God. just liberate the country like rashid khan starts bowling like leg spinners and like you know it like no, honestly, if they win, if they win the World Cup, one, one, I think Mohammed Nabi will become Afghanistan's next president, bro. I won't, I won't lie. That's why they call him Mr. President. I, I only say Nabi because he's 38. Like, I want the rest of the youngsters to actually play for Afghanistan. I don't want one of them to stay in office. But yeah, the cricketer, the the politician, is like so. Like that's happened so many times. Like Imran Khan, man. Like you know stuff like that. Well, with all that being said, it's been uh, quite an eventful group stage so far and the quite an <laughs> eventful uh, episode, all things considered. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, and uh, we hope you enjoyed this. And of course, we'll be putting out more episodes on this World Cup yet to come. Um, thank you guys so much for listening as always and take care. See ya.